Next on BYU Sports Nation, Tanner Mangum's great expectations. What do you expect this season from the signal caller? Matt Brown from SportsOnEarth.com joins us with his ranking of the 2017 college football quarterbacks. Where does he have Tanner Mangum? That's a fun website. And what BYU signee is up for a national award at the ESPYs? What? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, people. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, July 11th. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is gone, partaking of the Huckleberry Shake. So I'm joined by Yankee apologist... Jason Shepard. Yankee apologist? What? what? Not a Yankee fan. I know that. I just saw Aaron Judge do something amazing last night. Aaron Judge is amazing. The court is in session. Yes, the court is in session. Yeah. There's so many amazing puns and jokes. I, I love the fact that you got the guys in the, the black robes and like the, the old school like 1700 wig, Judge wigs. Yeah. It's awesome. Let's, let's just talk about the elephant in the room, people. Okay. What? It's Slurpee Day. 7-Eleven. Is that after the show? Yeah, you want to go? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Should we have as awkward a handshake? Should we recreate? Let's, re- from, let's recreate. From uh, uh, Twitter before? Is our Snapchat. Hey. 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 hey what? Oh. Yeah, that actually really oh. happened. It was probably more awkward than what we just did. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, by the way, with Aaron Judge in the home run derby. Yes. You think he'll get a free Slurpee today? Among other things. He's the first rookie. To win a home run derby since BYU's Wally Joyner split the 86 home run derby with your boy Daryl Strawberry. What? How about that? Wally Joyner, BYU's finest. BYU's everywhere. Literally everywhere. Today, BYU 50 is in California. So heads up, California. Oregon is above California. Don't forget that. There's Here, a shirt to here's today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Dijon Karoma, four-year starter at Brigham, is on the Remington Trophy watch list as of this morning, recognizing the top center in the country. Karoma started all 13 games for the Cougars last season. He has started all 38 games in which he has played at BYU. It is watch list award season. There's nothing better except for actual actual football, football. and practice. Other than that, watch season is the best. <laughs> NCAA.com's Anthony Chiasano lists this season's BYU versus Utah matchup as one of the top eight non-conference matchups to look forward to in 2017. It indeed is, especially because it's in Provo. Last year was down to a two-point conversion attempt with a run-pass option. It's going to be a fun one. I, I realize it's been a while. It's still weird, though, to see that game as non-conference. You know what I mean? It is, yeah. It's just it's weird to say that. Weird. It's even, weird. Even though this is the seventh year, like, get over it. I'm not over it. BYU basketball added two guards to the roster for the 2017-18 season. K. John Brown and McKay Cannon. Brown fulfills the final scholarship on this team, a transfer from Lee College. Cannon is a transfer from Weber State. We'll have to sit out the 2017-18 season. He is a walk-on, but now we know the roster. The roster is full. That was, by the way, the Eric Mika scholarship that they had held for him, just in case he came back. It's funny that you mention Eric Mika. He did not play in yesterday's Vegas Summer League game for the Miami Heat. That is three straight DNP coaches' decisions for Eric Mika. That's tough to watch, right? He goes early from BYU, doesn't get drafted, DNP now. That's not cool. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're there hoping to be able to showcase your skills 
and to catch the eye of either that team, another NBA team, a European team. If, if you're yeah. not playing, it's very hard to do that. Why is it Kyle Collinsworth in the summer league? That is something that I've been wondering myself. Hmm. That just hit me. What's about to hit you is what's trending as well. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Great expectations. A book book I have not read. Charge. Going this way. After the greatest freshman season in BYU quarterback history, Tanner Mangum's the guy. It's 2017. It's his time. After a season where Taysom Hill broke in a new offense, also broke another bone, Tanner Mangum played at the end of the season a little bit, but didn't play last year much. Broke his red shirt to play against Michigan State at the very end there. Now it's Tanner Mangum's time. He's a junior, it's time. Now Mangum has the reins of Ty Detmer's offense in year two after a year watching and waiting and learning, and Tanner Mangum is confident that things will go well this season. Like I feel like I'm in the, I'm in the perfect spot now, personally. I, like I'm feeling really good, feeling really motivated. I think I've worked harder this offseason than I ever have. Um, both in the weight room, film room, throwing, just everything. I'm feeling really confident. That's a good thing because the quarterback needs to be a confident guy. It's a different offense with different players than 2015. But what do you expect? That's our Twitter question today. What are your expectations for Tanner Mangum this season? At our Greenhaw says, to win 10 games, be in award discussion. Also, three times as many TDs as picks. Three-to-one ratio, huh? Three-to-one would be good. That's very good. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I expect him to marshal the team. Oh, that's the number one thing, right? He's the quarterback. Yeah. yeah. And, and in BYU's offense, traditionally, the quarterback's got to be your best playmaker. In college football, the QB's got to be your best playmaker. It, 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 begins, it always begins with your quarterback. So what do you expect? You know what? Okay, I, I've got some specific numbers that I'll get to in a second, but I, I want to start more big picture, maybe more philosophical Whoa. than anything else. I'm not going to get too deep because, you know, it's, it's me. I failed my philosophy class at BYU. <laughs> it's me, Jerry. Uh <laughs> I, I expect to see a, a more prepared Tanner Mangum. And by that, I mean he's finally getting an entire offseason to prepare as the starter. He's never had that at any time while at True. BYU. Fact. So I, I think that's big. I think the, and he talked about just how much more confidence he has, the preparation level, because it's, it's his. I also expect to see fewer mistakes. And a lot of this just comes from getting more reps. Tanner is so confident, and rightfully so, that he can make every throw, that we've seen him sometimes turn it over trying to squeeze the ball into a spot that maybe he shouldn't. And, and I think we can all admit that learning when not to throw the ball is just as important, important as learning where to throw it. That so was my I, spring ball takeaway, <laughs> the was, game, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I think he does a much better job with the decision-making and, and the turnovers this upcoming season. Okay, from a statistical perspective, here's what I expect numbers-wise. I expect at least 3,300 yards passing. If you break that down over 14 games, that includes a bowl game, that's 236 yards passing per game. Okay. I mean, that's not crazy. I expect 65%. That's you know. Yes. 65% completion percentage, uh, 25 TDs, and 10 INTs. Ooh, 65. 65, yeah. I mean, and you mentioned it. Tanner is BYU's best offensive weapon right Mm -hmm. now. There's a lot of uncertainty around Tanner in terms of running backs, who he's going to throw to, things like that. And certainty because it, there's, there's not a – I mean, the guys just haven't had an opportunity to, to carry the ball. Yeah. You know, but he's going to get opportunities to prove that he's the best offensive weapon they have right now. 
I'm tempering my expectations for Tanner Mangum, and it has nothing to do with Tanner Mangum. Here's why. Scheme and personnel. The scheme this year is different than the scheme in 2015. It was Robert and I. It was go fast, go hard. It was different. The personnel is also different. Remember who Tanner Mangum was throwing to? 6'6", Mitch Matthews. 6'6", Nick Kurtz. 6'5", Taron Houck. 6'1", or 2", fast-ish, Devon Blackman. Okay? That was a, a really good group of receivers. Before that season, Spencer Linton started the elite convo, not with Mitch, but with the receivers. They were not elite, but they were really good. That group isn't here. There's a new group, a younger group, an unproven group, so it's hard to project what they're going to do, not knowing what they're doing. Also, scheme. BYU runs a slower offense under center. Different offense than what Tanner Mangum ran in high school or even at BYU up to this point. But he had a year. So I think the volume, especially statistically, is going to be lower than what you think. I don't think that we can compare what Tanner Mangum's going to do to what past BYU quarterbacks have done. BYU fans, this is a PSA. The Cougars are trying to turn into Stanford on offense. Therefore, therefore, BYU's numbers will be a little bit lower. But is 250 passing yards a game too much to ask? In this offense, maybe. 250 for 14 games, that'd play out to be 3,500. I think that's too high. I'll just say 3,000 over 14 games. 214 a game. Here's why. BYU's trying to run the ball for 200 yards a game. Okay? If you run the ball for 200 yards and you throw for 200, you're in a good position, especially against this uh, schedule. I'll go 63% completion percentage Ooh, plus. More importantly, I want 7.0 plus yards per attempt. That is a new important number in this sabermetrics era of sports to look at, okay? 7.0 yards per attempt plus. 20-plus passing TDs, less than 10 picks. That's what I want. I think scheme and personnel temper my expectations for Tanner, and it has nothing to do with Tanner. Until there is more clarity on the running back situation, though. I mean, you talked about how BYU's offense wants to be Stanford. Yeah. I mean, they know who they're handing the ball off to. There, there is a go-to guy, and there has been year after year. BYU or they establish or, sta- or they establish it, and and so and, in that position. until BYU can establish who that guy is, and if there is going to be a featured guy, or if it's going to be a running back by committee throughout the year, I don't think that you can you can guarantee and say that they're going to be running the ball more than they're going to want to run the ball. Will they be able to? And if not, then it does fall on Tanner's shoulders. Yeah, to shoulder but, the load. But your first your first option is absolutely be, that's what you're going to want to do. Line. Yes. What's BYU's strength offensively? I would say right now it's its offensive line. More yes. than its running backs. More than its receivers. Yes, I would agree. Um, so you're going to try and set the edge. You're going to try and establish, you know, the dominate the trenches. You know, that, that whole deal. Tanner Mangum is going to have a good year. It's just how good. That's, that's what I think. And it, it does depend on how BYU runs the ball. And it's an interesting convo because, li- listen, BYU in the late 70s, 80s, 90s, what did the Cougars do so well? They had this unique passing scheme. It wasn't like no one was throwing the ball. It was just that BYU was throwing it differently, right? Had some innovative ideas. Blue ocean strategy versus the red ocean of just cloud of dust, right? And, and a yard or two. Now everyone's, uh, you know, spread option, uh, speed, quick, tempo, up-tempo, high pace, that kind of thing. BYU is trying to do the opposite. And what positions can BYU recruit the best? The Brady Papinga, Intermountain Mountain Man <laughs> idea. Linebackers, 
tight ends, those kind of guys, and offensive linemen. And now we're seeing this influx of really talented defensive linemen coming into the program as well. That's where the, that's where the most skill is. There is skill all around, but I think the most skill is in those positions. Okay, well, you talked about how BYU has been in terms of their passing TDs. Mm-hmm. That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Listen to this. Since 1972. Lavelle on. Yes, Lavelle on. Since 1972, BYU has thrown for 15 or less TDs in seven seasons. Just seven times 15 or less. BYU threw 15 touchdown passes last year. That's why we're bringing this up. That was a bad number, but did it really matter? Not that much. You had Jamal Williams. He had a fantastic year. If he's healthy, he's going to break Luke Staley's single-season record. He might be in the convo for the Doak or something. Instead, he gets hurt. That costs you probably the Boise State game and Utah games, by the way. Um, Jamal Williams not there in the fourth quarter uh, at all. So, yeah, that 15 touchdown passes? Is this BYU or not? <laughs> what? Are you serious? Like, at Wisconsin, that's like, we had only 15 rushing touchdowns. It's like, what? That's not us. The dynamic is changing with this offense. So I, I don't expect – I expect more than 15, though. I want 25-plus. That's where I said I expect at least 25 touchdowns. Yeah. Me. Jonah Trineman joked, I want three times that many. 40, 45? That's Great. 45, 45 in this offense? I think, I, think, I think every, every I don't Cougar fan imagine just said, that uh, me too. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> Use the hashtag BYUSN. Wayne, what are your expectations for Tanner Mangum this season? Let's go to the Twitter machine. You've got tweets. At GMAXROY underscore 614. Win 10 games. Win a bowl game. Have to choose between entering the draft or not. Slow down. <laughs> choose to stay with BYU. Unlike someone recently. Become elite. Those are all quite ambitious. Those really are. Yes. I, here's the issue. In this offense, statistically, Tanner Mangum's. I don't think he's going to pop a ton. Like I think he can have really good stats, but they're not going to be... High 3,000 passing. I, I just think it's going to be a little lower I, I than understand normal. your rationale, but I, I think you're selling the potential of this offense short a little bit. Uh, I, I think it's hamstrung by design. Uh, well, and, or it, tempo. and maybe. It's low tempo. It's time yes, for possession. It's, not, it's not the go fast, go hard where you have 30 extra possessions. I get it. But we shall see. We shall see indeed. Coming up, Between the Lines, plus Matt Brown of Sports on Earth. Why is Tanner Mangum top 25 in his quarterback rank? What's trending on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We're simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Also, don't forget the BYU TV, BYU Radio apps. They are free. Download them for live and on-demand content, including BYU sportsing events. I said that just for you. Hey, thank you. I just said that for you. I put that in there just for you. I appreciate that. You and your mustache. Thank you. Yeah, I do have a mustache. I forgot. Our Twitter question, what are your expectations for Tanner Mangum this season at PASC underscore PASC BYU? First downs and touchdowns. I see him being able to throw for 3,000 plus yards, and 30-plus touchdowns. The 30-plus touchdowns is harder than the 3,000. 
3,000 over 14 games. That'd be 13 regular season games. And yeah, that's just over. That's 214. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just that's over That's my goal, yards. 214 passing game, which is I think the most unambitious con- passing stat ever known to a BYU quarterback. Yes, I, I think that is extremely doable. Yeah. I, I, think that, I think that's honestly setting the bar low. I, I understand I, we're being conservative with it. I'm doing that. But, yes, yeah. I, think, I think that's low. At a place like I BYU. I said 3,300, and I think that's conservative. conservative. <laughs> <laughs> this is a conservative campus, let's be honest. Now joining us is a man who produced a ranking of the FBS quarterbacks in the top 35. He has Tanner Mangum number 24. His name is Matt Brown. He's a college football writer and an editor from my favorite website name in the history of uh, websites, sportsonearth.com. Matt, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you for having me. appreciate it. It's great to have you here on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. We've had another Matt Brown on. He's with SB Nation. I imagine you might get confused uh, for him on Twitter sometimes. Is that the case? We have been confused for each other on Twitter and even on live radio. So I'm glad you guys uh, have a a, know who's who. That's good. Have you ever met? Have the two Matt Browns ever met? And if so, who would win an arm wrestling contest? We have met, and I would never pick myself in an arm wrestling contest. (laughs) Well, you produced this list of the top 35 quarterbacks in FBS. You have Tanner Mangum at 24. What makes him a top 25 guy in college football, in your opinion? Well, I think we certainly saw signs of it two years ago. Obviously, he's in an unusual situation in that he you know, unexpectedly started two years ago and then basically sat for a year. But, you know, he's, he's a strong-armed quarterback with, with uh, good mechanics who, who really showed flashes of potential. Now, he's inconsistent as a freshman, but, you know, that's to be expected for a guy who wasn't even supposed to start that year. And, you know, there, there's need to cut down on mistakes, need to not force so many passes, but uh, I think he is a very skilled passer. He was a top recruit for a reason. Uh, and I think we saw a lot of that potential in what was, I think, a pretty impressive debut. Um, you know, third for 3,300 yards, average 7.6 yards per attempt. It was a very, very solid 2015 season. And I think he'll build on that even with the year of kind of sitting on the bench between. When you were going over this list and putting this together, what is the criteria that you look at when coming up with this ranking? Oh, yeah, it's a mix of, you know, looking at production, what guys have proven already. It's, a, it's looking at projecting a little bit forward and looking at potential. It's, you know, it's watching them play and blending that with the stats and consistency and all that. So, it's, you know, there's no, uh, there's no perfect way to do this, certainly. Uh, but it, it's and it's not NFL draft rankings either. It's just trying to look at who going based on what we know from the past, from what these guys have done. It's how do they stack up with each other going into the season? It's a list that will change. There's going to be some breakout players. There'll certainly be some surprise, some surprises. Uh, but based on what we know, how do we think this season's going to look? And we'll talk about uh, some of those other quarterbacks on BYU schedule in a moment. But more on Tanner Mangum. In 2015, BYU had Robert and I as its offense coordinator, uh, you know, spread, chucking the ball a lot. BYU attempted like 100 more passes than last year where Ty Detmer comes in, the new head coach. Uh, he's the new OC. The scheme changes. So the stats don't pop necessarily the same way in a, in a pro style that a spread do. How does that affect, say, postseason rankings of these quarterbacks, maybe at the end, in an offense that isn't as eye-popping with the stats? Yeah, it definitely makes it a little a little bit harder to stand out. Uh, but you know, I, I think Mangum is somebody who is in a unique situation that people got acquainted with him pretty quickly based on the the, the hail mary and 
was basically a Hail Mary against Boise State the next week two years ago. So I think he is a familiar name, despite the kind of odd circumstances of his career. Um, yeah, yeah, the stats probably won't, you know, the stats won't be as high as, you know, BYU is sometimes familiar with quarterback with quarterbacks over the past few decades. Uh, but, you know, if he's efficient, if he still makes some big plays, I imagine he's going to make big plays. We saw that he's capable of doing that when he, when he started two years ago. I think he'll be good off play action. Um, so I, I still think there's an opportunity to put up some big games uh, and that, you know, it, certainly that can hurt the perception a little bit. But, you know, if, if you're efficient, if you, if you have a good, if you have a higher completion percentage, if you have a good TD interception ratio, there's still a way to get noticed. And I think Mangum can do that. Talking with Matt Brown from SportsOnEarth.com, joining us on the Desert First Credit Union hotline here on BYU Sports Nation. You said in this piece that the 2017 season will be one of the most exciting for quarterbacks in recent memory. How so? I think there's a lot of potential NFL prospects. When you look at Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, uh, Mason Rudolph, um, you have the returning Heisman winner, Lamar Jackson, who, you know, there's some weird backlash to him, even though he had, you know, he had 5,000 yards total, 51 touchdowns last year. He's a really, really exciting, fun to watch player. You get him coming back. You get Baker Mayfield, who's been a top four Heisman finisher two years in a row. Uh, you know, Jake Browning last year in the Pac-12 was probably number two for the Heisman for two thirds of the season. Really, really efficient quarterback. So I think there's a lot of proven guys, a lot of intriguing guys. Um, you know, JT Barrett was a top five Heisman finisher in 2004. Luke Falk has thrown for over 10,000 yards in his career. So I think there's just a fun mix of quarterbacks this year. The Pac-12 is loaded. Big 12 has a couple big-time quarterbacks. You get the Heisman winner back. Uh, and, and then the SEC, which has been down in terms of quarterback play the past few years, there's a lot of intriguing young players and transfers. You look at Will Greer coming in – or, sorry, excuse me, Malik Zaire coming into Florida – Garrett Stidham coming into Auburn, and then you know just a bunch of touted young players who started as freshmen, whether it's Jake Bentley at South Carolina, Jacob Easton at Georgia, uh, Shea Patterson at Ole Miss, Jalen Hurts with the SEC Player of the Year as a freshman. So when you add that in where there's just a lot of potential to some of these big names that are back, I think there's just a fun mix of quarterbacks back. And you know some of these guys, there's going to be some breakout players that, that maybe in the SEC especially that rise up this list over the course of the year. Matt, you mentioned a lot of quarterbacks there. Two other guys on your list that are in the top 20 that uh, you didn't mention that I want to talk about. Brett Rippon of Boise State and Nick Fitzgerald of Mississippi State. Two guys that BYU played last year and they will play again this year. Tell us a little bit about what you think of Rippon and Fitzgerald. Yeah, it's weird now for the Mountain West that you know Josh Allen is now the, you know, my, the most hyped quarterback, uh, maybe a top NFL prospect. But Brett Rippon's been first team all Mountain West his first two years on campus at Boise State. Uh, pretty much the biggest recruit Boise State's ever had, four-star quarterback. And, you know, he was forced into action early by, by an injury, but he's been, you know, uh, as a freshman he made a few too many mistakes, but he, he's been a really, really productive passer for the Broncos. He throws a really nice deep ball, averaged 9.3 yards per attempt last year, which was uh, right up there in, on the national leaderboard. So he's a guy who's clearly made took a step from his freshman to sophomore year. He has a great receiver in Cedric Wilson uh, and is a big play quarterback. So I think he's going to have a big year. And then, um, you know, Nick Fitzgerald from Mississippi State uh, was kind of quiet, kind of quietly had a huge year, you know, as the replacement for Dak Prescott. Mississippi State didn't have necessarily a great season, but Fitzgerald 
you know, rush for 1,500 yards was or, or was right up there in, on the SEC leaderboard. 1,300 yards was second in the SEC in rushing. Uh, you know, inconsistent as a passer, but showed some potential there, but was one of the best running quarterbacks in the country, certainly. So uh, kind of quietly underrated last year, and he's probably going to have another huge season, at least as, as a runner. Fitzgerald's an interesting one. Rippon just tore up BYU. He was awesome. Fitzgerald did not as much in the head-to-head matchup with the Cougars. One TD pass, two picks, 5.9 yards per attempt, 2.6 yards per carry, 14 points in regulation. So I don't think BYU fans were overly impressed, although you look at the season for Fitzgerald, he reminds me of Taysom Hill after his sophomore year who was pushing 4,000 total O. But he's a 54% passer, 6-7 and seven record, yet people think he's going to be really good, yourself included, top 20. Yeah, you know, it was funny because right after that BYU game, he kind of took off. He had over 100 rushing yards in six of the last seven games, including 258 yards in the Egg Bowl win over Ole Miss that got them to a bowl game. Um, so, yeah, he was, he's, he's still raw. He's, he's still especially raw as a passer. He, he's, you know, turnovers first half of the season – um, and some down games, especially that BYU game. But, you know, I don't think anybody would – look, if this was a ranking of the top 20 passers, he wouldn't be on there. But I think he has potential there. And uh, he's one of five quarterbacks last year ran for 1,000 yards, and it was up at, as I said, over over 1,300, average seven yards per carry. So he, he really got better over the course of the season um, and, you know, had big shoes to fill. Dak Prescott was the best player in Mississippi State history, and, and Fitzgerald did a nice job over the course of the year. Uh, you know, they won a few big games at the end of the year. They beat Texas A&M. They beat Ole Miss, which got them to the postseason. So, you know, it, it's it's tough. They faced some great defenses, and, and BYU's played very well in defense. So, But Fitzgerald has been – he's an explosive runner, and Dan Mullen has been terrific with, with coaching quarterbacks and coaching running quarterbacks. So you, it's certainly reasonable to expect big things. He'll still only be a junior this year. You mentioned Josh Allen a second ago, and, and BYU will not face Wyoming this year. I guess maybe there's a chance in a bowl game. Who knows? Hopefully not again. Yeah, hopefully not again. But they did face each other last year in the bowl game. I mean, he was okay, had two touchdowns, two INTs. What is it that you're seeing, and what are NFL scouts seeing in Josh Allen that has everybody so excited for what he brings? Yeah, there's still a good amount of projecting involved. I mean, he had a good year last year, but it wasn't like he blew anybody away. I mean, he... he you know, had 15 interceptions, including five in the Nebraska game. He had three multi-interception games in the last five. Uh, and BYU and Wyoming kind of fell off down the stretch, losing four of the last five. But, you know, he, he's – number one, people are excited about him because of Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was recruited by Craig Bull and that staff at, that's now at Wyoming, and they run a similar offense. So Josh Allen plays in a pretty pro-style offense. He takes snaps under center. Um, and, and the NFL types certainly like that. He's a big quarterback with mobility. He makes some – you know, he, he tries to do too much sometimes, which is why you see that high interception total. But he makes some ridiculous throws on the move where he can extend plays with his legs and he has a huge arm and he can fit passes in the tight window. There's, there's a few plays he made last year where he's rolling out, trying to beat pressure, and just on the run launches a 50-yard pass into the end zone. It's complete. And so I think there's an advanced, handling of the offense for him. He sees the field well. He has a big arm. It's just, you know, making good decisions and avoiding trying to do too much. Uh, and when you add in his ability, you know, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he rushed for 523 yards last year. So he's he kind of, he's a complete quarterback with a lot of projectable traits for the NFL um, that there are a lot of reasons to be excited about him for sure. And I think he could live up to that, all that hype. 
probably good that it was raining through most of the game in <laughs> San Diego. Yeah. Matt, we appreciate the time. Great stuff. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Matt Brown on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. If Mitch Trubisky, can, excuse me, Mitchell, can be drafted second, that opens up a world of possibilities <laughs> to guys like Josh Allen yeah, from yeah. Wyoming, who's a big dude, 6'5". It's just, it's just very rare for a guy at Wyoming to be getting this kind of pub. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, it's not that he doesn't deserve it. It just I, I was curious his yeah. take on why, what scouts are seeing out of Josh Allen. Because, again, like you mentioned, it was raining. I mean, uh, no, that helped BYU. Yeah, oh, there's no it, question about it. It really did. And the conversation that's not there about Lamar Jackson is interesting. You know who, who was the FCS Lamar Jackson last year? Alex Caressa. Do you know where he played? Oh, <gasps> hit it. <laughs> Countdown to the Vikings. 46 days. I wish Caressa was still there because he was a BYU receiver as a freshman. And it would have been fun to uh, go BYU versus the old BYU guy. Like Ammon Olsen was hurt for SU. Yes. That would have been Southern Utah. That would have been nice too. Hey, what are your expectations for Tanner Mangum this season? Use the hashtag BYUSN at BYU underscore Bob. I expect a top 25 tier quarterback. I think that's what we all expect. Absolutely. Be in the upper echelon. Coming up, what BYU signee will be at the ESPYs? But first, we go between the lines with Lauren Frankham. Sports cliches with the students. Can't wait. He's always dancing. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. People are also on demand anytime, anywhere. In fact, if you missed our interview with Matt Brown talking about why he ranked Tanner Mangum as the 24th best quarterback heading into the 2017 season, you can catch that interview and more on the BYU TV or the BYU Radio apps, or you can simply download the podcast. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Tijon Karoma is named to the Remington Trophy watch list, recognizing the top center in the country. Karoma has started every game he's played at BYU. That is 38 games. He's one experienced dude. Impressive. NCAA.com's Anthony Chiasano lists this season's BYU versus Utah game as one of the top eight non-conference matchups to look forward to in 2017. I, I would say it's one of BYU's top eight non-conference matchups. I this could year almost as well. guarantee that as well. BYU basketball added two guards to the roster for the 2017-18 season: Kay John Brown and McKay Cannon. Brown fulfills the final basketball scholarship for the season. That was Eric Mika's scholarship that BYU held until uh, he went pro. Cannon is a transfer from Weber State. He'll have to sit out 2017-18. He's a walk-up. And speaking of Eric Mika, he did not play in yesterday's Vegas Summer League for the Miami Heat. That is now three straight DNP coaches' decisions for Mika. Get that guy in a game, man. I don't like seeing DNP CD with Jimmer, Eric Mika, anybody. And where's Kyle Collinsworth? He should be in the Summer League too, right? Hey, between the lines today is bringing their A game with the segment that we never do anything with 110% of the time. It's called Sports Clichés. It's crunch time. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. Jerem, how well do BYU students know their sports clichés? We're going to find out whether it was a walk in the park for them or whether they fell just a little short. This is called Rock the Streets. You miss all of the shots you don't take. And on that note, we're going to go around BYU campus to see how many sports cliches these students know. Let's go. How well do you know sports? I know sports like the back of my hand. Prove it. What's your favorite sport? Basketball. Probably football. Basketball. Tennis. Basketball. I like uh, baseball. Probably basketball. Let's huddle up, guys. Sports cliche. 
They'll be blinking in March. The whipping nene is a type of. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Madness. We're talking about basketball, now we're talking about dancing. Uh... Like, yes, yes. Oh, dancing. You got it, good job. We'll be dancing. In my... I've never heard, okay, I've never heard of that before <laughs> in my life. He can really dish the blank. Uh, rock. Rock. Dish the rock. They're going to try to blank the kicker. Oh, oh. Um, paralyze? No. Freeze. There we go. Close. Oh, no. Ice. There that, that's go. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got it. He threw up a blank. That's hard. Yeah. Hopefully you say these every morning and night. Prayer? Yeah, that's, no. a, that's not a real one. Nothing but? Net. 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 Kiss it off the? Backboard. Of the bank? Bank. Glass. Okay, the ball is in your? Court. Court. Game, set? Match. Hey, what are you doing here? I got, I <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm just kidding. No, yeah, yeah. He's dropping a bomb. <laughs> bomb. <laughs> Dime. What? He got it. He's the first. You're the first one to get this. Really? Dime. There you go. Ooh, nailed it. Make it count. Make it rain. Really? Rain? Okay. You got it. <laughs> Step up to the plate. Plate. Kiss that one. Bat. Goodbye. Goodbye. He was caught. Blind. What? Stealing, stealing the base, stealing. Smoking. Caught looking. He's really throwing some. Bricks. Fast ones. He's throwing some. And some hot ones. <laughs> Heat. He hit that one right on the. Middle. Sweet spot. I don't know. Leather. No, it's screws. They are shooting blanks out. <laughs> I don't know. Lights out. The lights out. They can't blank a bucket. Make. Can't make a bucket. Brick a bucket or no? Bank. Tell me what the answer is. <laughs> buy? Can't buy a bucket. It's not over till the blank blank sings. Yes. Say it again. Fat lady. You got it. <laughs> and that's, and that's a, a textbook, textbook finish. finish. Let's hope no kickers get paralyzed this coming year. But we appreciate everyone for participating and also for being good sports about it. Next week, we're going to do a not top 10 with the players' reactions, so you're not going to want to miss it. Make sure you follow us out on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL. Use the hashtag BYU BTL. If you haven't seen some of our segments, go to our YouTube page. Johnny Linehan will be number one with <laughs> fourth and 19. I'm hashtag not going to reveal. Fourth and no more. But who's either. number two? That's the real question it's for really next week. One. There it's were some really of those. a really good one. one. Yeah. There were some of those sports cliches that I even struggled with. Yeah. yeah, some of those were really hard. Listen, but I gave them a lot more context than what you showed in here. So I, some, yeah. I was like serving them up to a lot of these guys. Yeah, serving so. them up. That, that's, I think a that's a cliche. cliche. Well done. Ah, I, I thought thanks. in the middle of that you really, you know, turned it around 180 degrees and uh, <laughs> you just took a, you took it one interview at a time. Yeah, I your A game, you one game at a time. Yeah, aren't they disgusting? <laughs> we hear those in our interviews every week. Oh, the players, we, and yeah. we use them so often. Yeah. So that was that was fun. Wait, yeah. we don't even realize we use them. They're just embedded into our brains. Yeah. They're just part of the offense, you know, whatever. <laughs> Lion, thank you. Thanks, guys. Between the and lines, thank if you, you miss for it. that mustache. Yeah. Sorry. Thank Go you ahead. for your belt. <laughs>
You're welcome. <laughs> it's made of gaff tape. What's gaff tape? What are your expectations for Tanner oh Mangan this season? To have a gaff tape belt? To have a mustache? He did that last year at a radical Mormon. Literally transform his arm into a cannon. What is he, a transformer? Movie horrible movie. Terrible. Just a but horrible I loved movie. It. And change his name to Tanner Man Gun. <laughs> That's a new one. Man Gun. Uh, was t- a ma- Mangum. <laughs> at Twiggy or Stone. Mangum. Yeah. Magnum PI with the, with the mustache again. At Twiggy or Stone, getting comfortable with the offense. If he can do that, it will lead to a good year and an opportunity for a super senior season. You better be comfortable. He had a year on the bench, man. Coming up, more of your opinions on expectations for Tanner Mangum. Gaff belts. Plus, what BYU Cougars at the ESPYs and is up for a National Player of the Year award? This is BYU Sports Nation. Between the Lines on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Martin's Collision Repair. The right repair, the right paint, the right choice. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at what time? 6 Eastern. Uh, you know what? And if you miss any of our interviews on BYU Sports Nation, you can also find them on the BYU TV Sports YouTube page. Oh, that's right. The kids love the YouTube. The U- I, th- I the think YouTube, YouTube is going to stick. I, re- I, I really I, You do. know what? I think people are going to start I'm using this I'm going to go out on a limb and say that may be a round one. Go out on a limb. That's cliche. Ooh, cliche. Our Twitter question, what are your expectations for Tanner Mangum this season? Use the hashtag BYUSN. More of those coming up in a moment. I don't know if you guys have uh, heard about this cat. His name's Casey Klingler, BYU signee, who is the national runner of the year for cross country from American Fork. He is coming to BYU. And today, he is in Los Angeles because Gatorade is awarding the National High School Boys Athlete of the Year. And he is one of six nominees. How about that? He's up against uh, a football player, baseball player, soccer player, another track guy. Uh, so, so, so one then, of how many? Six. One of six people. He, he is he is the highest rated recruit in any sport coming to BYU. In fact, maybe of the last several years. Casey Klingler, cross country. This guy's going to lead BYU to maybe a national championship. Klinger, to a national championship. This kid's big time. So he might win national. Boys Athlete of the Year from Gatorade, and he's a part of the ESPYs. Like, I think he's going to be in the crowd tomorrow for the show. Like, or tonight. I, I wonder, no, no, no. It's, no, it's tomorrow because the All-Star it's, Games. It's, yes, it's Wednesday. I wonder if he's going to, like, hang out with, like, uh, Peyton Manning, hang out with all the athletes like that. How cool I, would that be? I thought he said athletes. What are you saying? Peyton Manning is not an athlete? He's a, he was a football player. I wouldn't call him athletic. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen him run? Uh, I've seen him run. Yeah, okay. I've also seen okay. him hit a kid He's in the back of the head with a football. It's pretty athletic. On an SNL. On an SNL skit. skit. Yeah, I'm hoping for more of that <laughs> tomorrow night. It's one of the best skits ever. Casey Klinger. This, this kid's legit. American Fork High School. So for uh, Hey, shout out to the cavemen. For all the Lone Peak love on this show, the cavemen get some love too, okay? The, the caveman won? The caveman. Yeah, the, oh, the caveman. Yeah. What? The Caveman 1? The LP3, Caveman 1. Oh, won. yeah. Well, uh, yeah, see, Ameri- if you have to explain it, it just is, it's gone. There have been some greats from American Fork 2. I can't name them off the top of my head, but they have, uh, they have existed, I promise. Hey, use hashtag BYUSN. What's your expectation for Tanner, don't call me uh, Magnum Mangum this season? Use hashtag BYUSN. Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At BYU for me. 
His number of attempts and total yards will be limited to the run game. Thank you. But 62% completion and greater than 10 yards per attempt? Less than 10 yards, excuse me. No, greater. With yards per run will make Ty smile. About the yards per attempt, okay? At Cougar Stats, our homies, 7.0 yards uh, per attempt is a pretty low threshold. 77 teams averaged at least that much last year. BYU needs to be closer to 8. BYU was 115th last year, 6.2. Terrible number, 118th in passing plays of 20-plus. BYU ran three more plays a game in 2016 than 2015. I have a theory about that, by the way. More takeaways. I think this offense doesn't lend itself as much to the deep balls that we saw in 2015. Remember? It's a completely different system. It's completely different in terms of personnel on the offensive side. Yes. So I think that eight is overly ambitious. I really do. But it'd be nice. You could say that for everything. Nine would be nice. Beating Utah, that would be nice. 13-0, Brian Hogan, national title, special visit. <laughs> that would be nice. Oh, my gosh. I don't deal in that would be nice. Hey, I deal in more in reality. How about this one for nice? At one bald Cairo doc. Oh, a regular. On uh, an even more composed and confident presence on the field, creating a nightmare for every defensive coordinator this year. 48 passing TDs and only three interceptions. Sorry, is he Marcus Mariota all of a sudden? 48 TDs through the air, three INTs. Mark it down. In a world world. of 48 touchdown passes and three INTs. (laughs) Inception? No, there, yeah. At yfangirl underscore Jimmy. Can't totally say because I don't know what to expect of our receivers yet. Start with accuracy and to stay healthy. Yeah, the health part is interesting, right? Because it's assumed that Bo Hodge is the backup. I'm interested to see how Wilstead and Critchlow and Detmer and how all these guys perform. We'll see where Austin Confensis is. On, on media day, Ty Detmer said, maybe running back or receiver. Don't you think ultimately, though, it is Bo Hodge as the backup? I mean, Bo I, Hodge! Uh, yes, I would think I that mean, Bo I, Hodge. I think going in, I mean, I think the reason everybody assumes going in, that. Yes. I, the reason everybody assumes that is I think it's probably the most likely. He's the most experienced. He was here last year, physically, great shape. He, could, he could have flexed with us on the set yesterday. Now, there's a guy, yeah. He got his dad in here? Oh. Now, that's a guy that works out, too. Yes. Who works out more, Merrill Hodge or Blaine Fowler? That's a question that we need to find out. Next week, we get asked Blaine that. That's right. At Melocopter, I expect a mustache-free season and a ton of passing yards. Yes. Oh, the mustache? old mustache, Jerem Jordan. Thank you, Ty. I appreciate that. <laughs> At Hobosita, that he, what's up? That he fully understands Ty Detmer's offensive schemes and executes accordingly. Okay. The, yeah, a lot of these are interesting because they're not necessarily statistically based. So how do you gauge those? You do not uh, as easily. Right? This one is all statistically based. At oh, let's hear it. Boba Kenobi, 3,500-plus yards. Whoa. One or two QB sneaks for six, 25-plus TDs, less than 10 INTs. Also, he's always positive, and I expect that to be contagious. Listen, Tanner Mangum, and we talked about this on media day. It was like 2009, 2010, when, or eight or something, when he committed to BYU. It was 1996. I think it was 96. Well, he's 64 years old, so yeah. It's been a long time coming for this guy he was you made a great point he's never had a full off season to prepare as the guy his freshman season he was thrust into that role in the fourth quarter and as the most miraculous two-game set in BYU history in terms of drama only Mark Wilson was 
equally crazy in terms of just the stats, but Tanner Mangum, two home areas, blah, blah, blah. He, he probably can't top that. But what he can top is volume, production, leadership. Now, he's a, now he has an opportunity in 2017 to be the guy. Last year it was, is Taysom the guy? And the answer was clearly yes, and I was saying this in spring. Taysom Hill's your starter. People wanted Tanner Mangum last year. I'm telling you, Tanner Mangum needed to sit, and he needed to learn this offense like the BYU quarterbacks of old in an offense, and that can only help him. Well, and that's, I mean, that's why you, you look at it. Every, in, with, the, with the amount of games that he's played in, the fact that this is the first offseason where as soon as the season ended, he knew from that moment on, I'm getting all of the, the reps with the one. I am the guy. The offense is going through me. The fact that you've now had six or seven months of that, you heard the soundbite that we played at the beginning of the show, just how much more confident he feels. And I would assume, if I'm interpreting, that's probably confidence in himself, but also confidence in his knowledge of the offense. And then he can get to know his guys. Who knows the running backs and the receivers better than Tanner Mangum? Not even Ty Detmer. It should be Tanner Mangum because he's out there practicing on the field in voluntary workouts this summer, lifting, leading in the classroom. Tanner Mangum is the guy who knows his guy. Like, he, he is the shepherd of this offense, and he's hopefully going to have a ton of passing yards. But, yeah, this offense is ball-controlled. It's important that everyone be good. I think previous BYU offenses, we could go, you know what, as long as the passing offense is good, BYU's going to be okay. Now it's like that rushing offense needs to be good or the passing is going to have a hard time establishing it. The other part about this is while Tanner has had a full offseason knowing he's the guy, Ty Detmer has had a full offseason knowing he's the guy, knowing what Tanner can do. True. So it goes both ways with that. Yeah, and and now this this duo can connect, right? And Tanner Mangum has talked about watching Ty growing up and what an opportunity this is. Now we see it play out in 2017. Coming up, we review everything going on in the world of BYU sports in the Cougar Whip Round, including a current and future Cougar making noise in the golf world. It's all in the Cougar Whip Round. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thank you to today's guest, Matt Brown of SportsOnEarth.com. Yes. A wonderful it's a great, it's a great name. Man. And apparently he uh, doesn't fancy himself an arm wrestler. Something else? I guess not. Against you, the other Matt Brown. What, it's what we learned. Nation, everybody. If you missed any of today's show, you can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Tijon Karoma is named to the Remington Trophy watch list, which recognizes the top center in the country. Karoma started all 13 games for the Cougars last season. NCAA.com's Anthony Chiusano lists this season's BYU versus Utah matchup as one of the top eight non-conference matchups to look forward to in 2017. Men's basketball. BYU basketball added two guards to the roster for the 2017-2018 season. K. John Brown and McKay Cannon are now Cougars. Brown takes the final scholarship of the season. Cannon is a transfer from Weber State. He will have to sit out this season. Cougars in the NBA. Eric Mika did not play in yesterday's Vegas Summer League game for the Miami Heat. That's three straight DNPs for Mika. Volleyball. 
Aloe Robbins-Hardy and the U.S. Women's Collegiate National Team beat Israel 3-0 in the annual European Global Challenge. Track and field. Fighting Gal Gadot's, I think, right? UIU's Max Schiebel ran a top 10 all-time mark in the 400-meter hurdles in the German National Championships with a 50-57. Well done. Cougars in the minors. My guy, Maverick Buffo, picked up his first win as a pro, allowing three hits, no runs, while recording two strikeouts over two innings for the Gulf Coast League Blue Jays. Got the win with two innings. Not bad. Not bad. Brendan Lund, Inland Empire 66ers, so for four. But they won. They beat Rancho Cucamonga. That's a big rivalry. Adam Law for the Arkansas Travelers. He went 0 for 4 in a loss to Corpus Christi. I'm not sure why we mentioned that. Keaton Kringlin went one for three last night, and Daniel Schneeman had two runs and four RBIs to lead the St. Cloud's Racks to a win in their best offensive game of the season. And Pete Nielsen, one for one while representing the Loudoun River Dogs last night in the Cal Ripken League All-Star Game. Nielsen and the River Dogs will play the Alexandria Aces tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern. Golf. Patrick Fishburne currently leads the Utah State Amateur Championship after round one at nine under. Fishburne won the tournament in 2016. UA golfers Chad Hardy, Kelton Hirsch, and C.J. Lee also competing in the tournament, which will go until July 15th. Uh, also, another cool BYU story from the Utah State Amateur. Uh, BYU women's golf signee Naomi Soifua is competing in the Utah State Am as well. She is the first female to qualify and compete in the tournament since 2005. Soifua shot a 7-over on day one. Soccer. That's impressive. impressive. She, she made the cut. Wow, that's awesome. BYU men's soccer plays today versus FC Tucson, 9 Eastern time, Southfield. Here in Provo. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Work when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who gets today's Rise and Shout, Jason? Uh, how about our guy at the ESPYs? Casey Klinger. How about it? American Four, cross country, national runner of the year, up for Gatorade Boys Athlete of the Year. Not bad. What are your expectations for Tanner Mangum this season? Our elite tweet of the day at Ryben3. Multiple last name variations from Mangum, Mad Gun, and hopefully we get a mad dog in there. By the end, they'll spell Mangum. L-E-G-E-N-D. Well done. Like it. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. The show always on demand, BYUSN.com. For Jason, I am Jeremy. Shout out to Ron Obard. BYU Sports Nation, back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern time. People, we are two and a half weeks from fall camp beginning. Woo! It is a blessed season.